Welcome to the Relationship for Win Win podcast. I'm Jennifer. And I'm Kevin. And we've been married for 25 amazing years. Well, they haven't all been amazing, to be honest, babe. That's true. And we have four awesome kids. We do. And we love them so much. And babe, I love you. And we're just trying to share some things that we've learned about life. Uh, we're not experts by any stretch of the imagination. We're not counselors. We're not professionals. But we have lived life a little bit. And we hope to share some things with you that are beneficial. So thanks for listening. Jennifer and I are here in the studio today, and we're going to be talking about dinner time. So hopefully you're hungry, and uh, we're actually not talking about what we're cooking, but we're talking more about the importance of dinner time as a family. Uh, our commitment in this podcast is to talk about the relationships that matter most, you know, with uh, each other as couples, your family, and then also yourself. And so today we're really going to do a deeper dive on family and dinner time. So Jennifer, let's just jump into this really fast and say, you know, I'm curious. I actually don't know this. Uh, 25 years of marriage, I don't know. What was dinner like growing up in your house? Wow, I can't believe you don't know that. Maybe I do. I don't know. Anyways, um, we definitely ate dinner all the time together. Every night, my mom made dinner. My mom also canned and, you know, we had different times in our life where we didn't have a lot of money. And then when we had more money. So we usually always had dinner together as a family. And when we went out to eat, our special out to eat would be Chili's Ooh. or Red Robin. Yes. I mean, those were high class restaurants. For sure. So let's our listeners know um, how old we are. Yes. Like, those were the big ones. <laughs> um, rarely did any fast food and that would be a treat. So was it you, were you and your siblings? Like, was it the family all around the table or what was it like? Um, I think generally. Set time? I, I don't know. I don't remember the time. Okay. I don't know if timing, but um, we had would have people over for dinner, sometimes from church, or we would sometimes go to people's house after church for dinner. But yeah, I mostly our family. But the thing is, there's 14 years between my yeah. oldest brother to my youngest brother. So there was a lot. I mean, Todd, you know, it was a different um, dinner, but my dad was sometimes there, sometimes not. Anyways, but yeah, we did generally did have dinner. So tell me about your family. I'm curious about your family. I am laughing literally. <laughs> if you could see my face, you would see me like just chuckle and, and laughing because my our house couldn't be anything different than that. My mom was not a canner. Like that's amazing that <laughs> your mom cans up. I'm not surprised at all. And that she made every meal. That's what every good Mormon women did they back were then, right? And we put away peaches and you <laughs> we name did it. food storage absolutely. and that. And I absolutely have no interest, right. never have in right. canning. Yeah. Um, so our house, my sister is eight years older than I am. So I'm in junior high and she's away at college. And so it was really my mom and dad and myself. And my mom probably had about six meals that she rotated. On a regular basis. And one of them is deviled eggs. Deviled Who eggs is a big... deviled eggs? She brings know. them to events to this day, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> but our big thing at dinner time was that we would sit down, and my mom is a slow eater, incredibly slow eater, and dinner time at our house would probably be an hour and a half. And we would find... At least. Yep. We'd find out about, tell me about your day, and we'd want details, and we'd go into like all of this. So couldn't have been more opposite. You had siblings around... My sister was, again, out of the house when I was in, like, sixth grade, I think. And so it was, like, me, my mom, and my dad, and that was it. And did you eat dinner together every night? I think so. Did you ever go out to eat? Very rarely. If we did, there was a place called the Monterey House, 
in Galveston, Texas. That's, or Libby's Cafeteria. I know that was a hot spot for you. It was. The cafeteria was a big deal in Texas, and we would go to the cafeteria, and I'd get roast beef, mashed potatoes, and green beans. So the whole concept of this podcast is to really help you to see maybe what's dinner like at your home and what's it like here. And we're going to explain the importance of why we think um, it's critically important to have great quality dinner time with your family. So let's talk a little bit about our family now, four kids, and we're going to go back. I'll maybe tell some background of what it was like when when we were younger with the kids, mm-hmm. and then maybe you can share a little bit about what it's like today because it's, it's our contrast as well. <laughs> totally. So when we were um, younger and raising four kids, I would say that dinner life looked a little bit like this. Uh, we would make a meal. Not everybody would like whatever we're making. So all those. So sudden, I would probably make like maybe four meals yeah. or three meals yeah. Yeah. or whatever. I might make six meals yeah. for every person in the family. Yeah, terrible. We thought that's a terrible idea, you know, but that's what we did, right? You made mac and cheese for one and someone had chicken nuggets and then everybody else had like whatever we grilled out or whatever it was. But we had probably multiple meals. But the one thing that we did, we believed strongly in having everybody at the dinner table together. And um, babe, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. But I was thinking about why did we do that? And what really has come about of that going back and talking to our kids Mm -hmm. today? But I would say during dinner time, we would share everything from like, what was your day like? Kind of like at my house. Oh, tell me about your day. Which as the kids get older, it becomes less and less. Like they're younger, they share everything with you. They get teenagers. It's like, good, fine. Um, so you really have to get creative, and we'll talk about that, have to get creative as a parent on how to get more out of them. But we made it uh, a point that we would eat dinner together as a family every night. We were committed to that. So much so, maybe some of you can relate to this, but we live busy lives. Would you say, babe? Very busy. Right. So all of a sudden, you start to introduce multiple children, and then if they've got outside curricular activities, and then school starts to, you know... Uh, dominate lives. So all of a sudden, it's like we're all rolling in the house at different times. But when they were younger, we got to get together all the time. And one quick story is we were so committed to this. We had a daughter who was a competitive gymnast that we ate dinner about what time would you say every night? I think 8.30. She got home about 8, 8 8.15. And so we don't recommend that. But for us, like that was a deal is to say, is it more important that we just eat together or just eat period or whatever? But as we sat around the table, we were able to discuss everything from political views, some spiritual concepts dealing with our our church or different concepts that we had learned or felt that day or experienced. It enabled us to hear about their day, good good experiences, bad experiences. Everybody got to kind of chime in as to and they got to hear and bond with one another and and go over all of that. And um so yeah, babe, what would you say? Well, I just think the bonding was I think the key, because to this day, our kids are extremely close. Yeah. And they probably text and talk on a daily basis. And they are really great friends. And we have two girls and two boys, and they all can talk to each other. And I think for me, I really feel like dinner time really created that bond for them. I I agree. And it actually reminds me of a quote. Um, One of our daughters actually just told me this the other day as a story. It was dealing with Thomas Jefferson, and, and those of you that know Thomas Jefferson, he you know read a ton. If you've ever seen like the Jeffersonian Library at the Library of Congress, it's amazing. 
and you know, floor to ceiling of tons of books on all these different subjects. And someone went into his house one day and said, do you remember every book that you've ever read? And he said, candidly, no, I don't remember all of these, but they have shaped me into who I am. And so I can say, honestly, I don't remember every meal we had. It wasn't one dinner that stood out in my mind to say, oh my gosh, this is amazing dinner. Or like, I remember this one dinner in particular that was so powerful mm-hmm. and moving. It's like, no, it was a it was a combination of mm-hmm. all of the dinners together okay. and all of the conversations mm-hmm. made us collectively connected and have a feeling and a closeness as a family. So it wasn't mm-hmm. just one meal like, oh, check the box. Gotcha. We have we have reached the pinnacle <laughs> of family dinner time. That was it. It was June twelfth, you know, nineteen ninety nine. Although I do think you remember all the bad dinners. <laughs> well, because there were several. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, we've got some great stories that we will not get into now. We Let's are. just say we call it the early years. <laughs> that if you've ever thought you could mess up macaroni and cheese, and just maybe forget to I add the milk and butter, <laughs> we've had that. Um, if you've ever put in a whipped cream, like Cool Whip, instead of heavy cream for a chicken Alfredo, we've had that before. So. We could go until the, the, you're right. Those were memorable moments. But when we talk about the quality family experience, that's what I mean, not necessarily the meal. And one thing I do love on our kids' birthdays or special Mm. occasions, we all go around and we have to say, we encourage three things that we love about whoever we're celebrating. We're highlighting them. And some people can barely get three out, but most of us can get 10 or 20. And one of our daughter, her favorite one to say is weird in a good way. Yeah. Like, what do you like about dad? <laughs> well, he's weird in a good way. Or what do you like about this person? You know, oh, well, they're weird, but in a good way, you know? So, yeah. but anyway, so I, I really, what's it, like, what's it like to today? Now that we've got two boys at home yeah. that are teenagers, what's dinner like, like now? Well, dinner is definitely different. Once our girls moved out, we, we still try to have dinner on Sunday together one of our boys is home more often than our other, and so we will sit down and have dinner. We're probably a little bit more lax, um, yeah. but we find other ways to engage with them. Of course, cell phones, that's a great way, but we can always text them. But I think dinner for us is sometimes everyone fend for themselves, oh, yeah. which means our youngest can't drive. So he has a platinum membership to Uber Eats and Grub up. Grubhub, because he's ordered food. So people really know all the Grubhub drivers. They know exactly where we live. Yeah, which we, we're not proud of that, by the way, <laughs> but that's just how it is. Yeah, that's our reality. So I'm grateful that they're finding ways to get food. And, um, and, and also busy with different things, busy with school. One of them's very, very busy with school, very demanding academic schedule. And another one's, you know, demanding with that. And they both have girlfriends and we've got, you know, sporting things. And so it's busy. But mm-hmm. still, we probably have not made that as much of a priority as we did when all four, and we're going to work on that. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, we try to um, cook, but things get busy, so we'll eat out or... And if I'm can, like, w- what would you say the difference is between connectivity with all four of us around the table versus, I mean, all six of us around the table versus four? Well, I think there's just more different energy when there's all six of us around the table, yeah. but I I definitely think we still have a really great connection and relationship with our boys, yeah. um, even though we're not necessarily doing it at dinner time. Usually on Sunday, we always have dinner together, and one of our daughters, or if they're both here, will come home 
on and have Sunday dinner with us, which I think is really important. I think a lot of people here have family, and so they're always going to family. But I, I think there's something really valuable to have dinner with just your own core family right. at least a few times a month, not always going to someone else's house. I just think that's a valuable Like on time. Sunday dinner, you mean? Yeah, like, on yeah, Sunday not, dinner. Not always Sunday dinner at grandma's house. Yeah. We've, we've discovered like to have your own experiences with your own family is important as opposed to like, here's all of our cousins. and all, So we have like a big quantity time, but not necessarily quality time. We don't get those those kind of deeper discussions potentially. Yeah. So I think it does look different. I, I don't think there's a right way or a wrong way to do dinner. I think it's whatever your way is, but at least looking at it and seeing like, hey, could we do something different? Would we like to do something different? How's our relationship with our kids? I think it's just a great opportunity to bond over a meal. Yeah, I agree, babe. So you did a little bit of research uh, that you'll share with our listeners on some things you found about the importance of family time uh, around the dinner table. Um, well, one of the things, um, there were, I mean, there's lots of information out there. And of course, I just talked about family bonding with siblings, and we've definitely created that. And um, one thing it did say was it improved your students' grades. And I'm not sure if that's helped us yet, but we're... <laughs> I don't know if we've got that far, but... We're hoping. We're hoping that does. Um, also improves communication. I think it gives kids an opportunity to maybe share things they've learned in school, talk about like maybe deeper subjects that they wouldn't feel comfortable talking about in other places, but they can ask questions or share concerns or do you guys believe this? Um, What do you think about this? I heard from my teacher. So I think it is a great way to get them to open their mind up and communicate um, maybe harder issues or just interesting issues. I think it really creates memories and traditions. I told you about the one tradition we have, but I have lots of amazing memories um, with my own family, with our children, with my parents, with my brothers around the dinner table or out to dinner at a restaurant. I think that creates, uh, it's just very impactful and creates some great memories and traditions. And I think it creates a great habit and opportunity for your kids to see how a family is, and hopefully they'll instill that when they move on, get married, and have kids. Yeah, no, I, I think that's all great, great points. So, you know, you could you could Google till you're, you know, till yeah. you're 100 uh, <laughs> different things that people put in there about why it's important to do dinner together as a family. Let's give our listeners maybe a couple practical things that we've done. If, if you're not experiencing around the dinner table, or what if you've got someone that like lives across the country, or they live out of state or out of the city, but mm-hmm. you know you want to be able to communicate with them. And then also teenagers are, mm-hmm. can be a little tricky at dinner. Mm-hmm. And how do you get them to share stuff? So yeah. do you want to talk it, about maybe yeah. people living out of state? And- um, well, one thing we have, we do have a daughter that recently moved. And so we FaceTimed her. Thank goodness for FaceTime. We can talk to her so she can be a part of our dinner. Or sometimes we've been a part of her dinner. If she's eating by herself or Yeah, literally just, put the phone right on the table and yeah. we're just sitting there talking. And so to she her. can feel still feel a part of our family dinner. She's eating, we're eating, and we're talking to her. We can ask questions. Um also I've bought all sorts of like little they're like questions in a box. Yeah. And we used to sit those on the dinner table and people would get to draw and ask the question and they're just random questions. But Do you know where we got that idea from? I, I can tell you, it uh, was the American 
American, yes, American doll, Girl doll. Yeah, whatever oh, it's called. Yeah. The American Girl doll store in New York. Yeah. You used to you went there with the girls and you would sit down at the table and they had on the table um a series of cards that yes. you could ask your daughter on, you know, uh What's your favorite whatever? And if you could be anybody for a day, who would you be? And who would you love to have dinner with? And would you rather deep sea dive or go into outer space? Like different things. And it just fostered communication. Mm -hmm. So you're right, babe. Like we have bought things over the years in boxes and cards. And it was funny. We asked one of our sons the other day, what do you remember about dinner time younger? He said, I remember we'd ask these questions at the table. You'd bring out the box that looked like a pie and we'd pull questions out of there and so we're like, yeah, that's funny. Um, and maybe let me share something about teenagers that, again, we don't have this thing figured out. But one of the things that someone told me years ago with teenagers and asking questions at the dinner table was, to one, you got to get creative and get way open, you know, open-ended questions. So tell me – and then and then give them something to kind of focus on. And one guy, he was this, this uh, psychologist – that said he loves to ask his teenage kids, tell me something funny that happened to you today. Tell me something that was tough today. Tell me something that challenged you today. And all of a sudden, that makes him think a little bit, and he gets more, how was your day? Good, fine. So one of the things that he shared about, tell me something funny today, one of the worst things we can do as parents is they tell me something funny today, and they start talking about uh, someone tripped in the hall and their books went everywhere, well, as a parent, you want to jump in really fast and say, well, that's not funny. Like, how could you How could you laugh at that? That's terrible. And like you give them a lecture at the table. Guaranteed, they will never open up to you again when you ask them, tell me something funny. So you might ask the question, why was that funny? Or were they okay? Or you know, But not give the lecture, but allow them to express that was funny to them. And if you go back and think you were a teenager too, and that was probably funny to you then too. And as you're an adult, hopefully that's not funny. But uh, to ask them questions like that, what's what's something, everything, what's a career path you could see yourself doing? Why did you think that? Just think big, open-ended questions. Tell me something funny that happened to you today. Tell me something challenging. Tell me something scared. When's the last thing something really scared you? Like, open that up and you'll just sit back and let your teenagers just talk. As as parents, we we always say, this is a Stephen R. Covey deal, right? Like, I don't understand my teenager. They never listen to me. And I think, well, in order to listen, right, in order to understand, you have to listen. So as a parent, and I'm I am terribly guilty of this. <laughs> if our kids are like, Dad, you need to take your own advice. But I'm learning to try to ask the question and then just sit back and listen. And I think dinner time provides a great opportunity to throw the question out there. How do you feel about current things politically? How do you think about what somebody said at church today? What did you think? What did your teacher say? How did you respond to that? And then just listen, mm-hmm. right? Just listen. So yeah, I think those are very important points. And I, I think you know we're we've been able to do that for the most part with our kids. They don't always give this in depth answer, or um, sometimes you know they're laying down. And for me, I I'm not a super strict person, so I just am grateful they're there. So if they want to lay down on the chair or you know, do something that maybe isn't totally appropriate. It's not great manners. They're never doing that in a restaurant. Yeah, because we've had those moments at yeah. dinner where we said, okay, guys, we are going to learn when you're out in a nice restaurant, you're going to be potentially in business or you're going on dates or whatever. Like you cannot 
lay there with your shirt off yeah. and like eat a piece <laughs> of meat like that. So we're going to have a whole etiquette lesson yeah. on, on which fork are we using, which spoon are we using. So we set the whole table and it's got all of that laid out. So our kids know how to set the table properly. They know which fork to use. They know about the tines on the fork, like right. all the different stuff we've taught them. But for the most part, if yeah, it's Yeah, we were dinner, just grateful they're there. Right. So we know we've taken them out to dinner. We know they know how to act at a nicer restaurant. And frankly, we've taken our kids out their whole lives to nice restaurants because we didn't like the idea of, okay, they're two. We're not going to do this. We're going to stop our life for our kids. Mm -hmm. But no, let's teach our kids to learn how to behave in a restaurant. Now, it may look different at two than at 15, but we still got practice in taking them. So they got familiar, and now they're very comfortable. So, yeah, no, you know, we de I, definitely did have different tips that we did when it, they were younger, but. Yeah. And and sometimes maybe at, at dinner time, we would have to, you know, entertain the younger ones. So if it's dinner time, but we're trying to connect with maybe our 12-year-old, our we've got like a three-year-old on the other mm -hmm. end, but we still want to be there together as a family. What mm -hmm. are some things that we yeah. did, babe? Well, and believe it or not, we did this all before we had an iPhone or an <laughs> right. iPad. Yeah, now it's super easy. Put, I mean, yeah. watch this movie. <laughs> if that can, if that's believable or not. Anyways, we would bring coloring. We would just come prepared, or maybe Kevin would take them for a walk around the restaurant or outside, or just you go in with the mindset like we're gonna have a great time. Be prepared and be ready for whatever happens. But I think for the most part, we were able, we might not, we couldn't go to a restaurant that was going to take two hours, right? but we could go to something for 30 minutes or 45 minutes and start getting them used to that. So their whole entire lives, they've been exposed to that. Yeah, used to sitting down and we have a conversation and we talk. And maybe it's even something you know, you can come up as, if this is important to you at all, you could sit there and say, you know what, maybe we should have a, a family discussion and say, look, we're going to make dinner time maybe more meaningful. Instead of just inhaling food and we're out the door, we want to, can we all agree on coming together mm -hmm. and talking about this? Is this important to us? And you get buy-in and then you can ask, hey, are you content communicating? You can say yeah. yes. And you, know, you can do all that. But I would say um, by doing so, we have found it's connected us. And, and you know, personally, just even hearing this podcast – we're going to go back with, with our boys and, and regroup a little bit on this because I can see the value of having the family dinners that we did and get a buy-in, which I think our boys totally will um, with all that. So maybe listeners out there, we're going to throw that challenge out to you is to maybe examine your family dinner times. And maybe you're, you're either going to be confirmed that family time is fantastic around the dinner table, or maybe you talk uh, as a spouse and as a family um, gosh, these are a couple of things that maybe we could do to improve that. That's going to work for you and your family because we think that's it's a huge value with that. And again, it's really all the dinner times are, are a culmination mm -hmm. of you know who we are and things we can express with one another and whatnot. Yeah, and we don't have all the answers, but no. we would love to hear your ideas or what you're doing that's successful because I think the more we share with each other the better we can all, we can elevate everyone instead of just say, okay, this is what I do. I'm not going to tell anyone. This is what you do. We're right. not going to tell kind of anyone. Whole, that's kind of the whole crux of this, of our podcast is to say, look, we don't have it figured out. We're sharing with you. We want to hear from you listeners, maybe make our stuff better. Maybe we can share something with you because we've just found that as we start to talk about this, people, you know, collaborate 
and everyone's lives can become more enriched and more fulfilled and just better. Yeah. So yeah, I love that idea. Definitely. So so send in to us with all of that. Friends, one of the greatest compliments that you can pay us is to introduce your friends and family to our podcast and so that we can all grow and learn together. So thanks so much for listening today to the Relationship 411 podcast. Please like and share. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Remember, we promise to give you the 411 about relationships. So you don't have to call 911 for yours. 